Hello, everyone. It has been a minute, but you know what? I'm back. Satan can't keep me down. I'll just tell you that right now. So today's guest is Stephanie Hall. You know, mental health is so very important in this life. If we're not stable up here, we can't be stable in life. Life has turns and twists and different things, different crazy things that happen to us that'll make us go off the deep end sometimes. But it's okay because we serve a God that can help us to overcome whatever issues or situations that we're in. We have to first seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto us. But there is those moments where you feel like you're all by yourself and that nobody can help you. But today's guest, we talk about mental health and how God saved her mental health and saved her from so many different things. So I'm going to bring her forth and I'm going to let her tell you about who she is. Without further ado, Miss Stephanie Hall. Hello, thanks for having me, Dr. Wendy. Hey, thank you so much for accepting the invitation to come on there, on here. Yes, yes, no problem. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah, well, Stephanie, I want you to tell everybody about who are you? Who is Stephanie? Who are you? Well, first of all, I am a mental health advocate and speaker. I am the founder and CEO of I Shine, I Rock, period, nonprofit organization, which was founded in February 5th of 2021. This mission and this purpose that I'm fulfilling is a God-given vision. It is a God-given purpose. And so everything that I do, um, it, at the end of the day, is giving glory and honor to our Father God, I'm here to share my story on how God is healing me from mental illness and share those same strategies and tactics that God gave me to help heal and deliver others. That's what I am. Let me tell you, I love it. I love it. You know what? And I love the name of your nonprofit organization, I Shine, I Rock. So yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about that now or you want to give your testimony first and then we'll talk about I Shine, I Rock. So, um, well, I'll talk about the name really fast. Um, so, like I said, this was all a vision that God gave me, right? And so um, it ties in with my story um, and I'll come back to explain it in detail, but after my last huge encounter and huge, like very strenuous experience with mental health, God gave me this vision and gave me this name for the organization. And so if, you know, and, and just to give you, you know, a little background, I had no idea how many times shine was in the Bible. I had no idea how many times was shine was in the Bible until God gave me the name, right? And when it free gave, first gave me the name, I said, okay, I know that I'm really going to be reaching out to um, women, right? Uh, particularly women of color, but also expand that um, outside of that, right? But then a month later, God said, I need you to work with the men too. And then he gave me rock. I was like, okay, I know I shine, but to tell me my man rock, he said, yeah. I was like, but Lord, I don't know how to speak to the men. He said, don't worry about it. Just do what I ask you to do, right? And so in me practicing my extreme obedience, 
it just, you know, I started a whole movement. And, you know, I put period behind it because that's it. It's nothing left to say after that, right? Nothing left to say. <laughs> hey, that definitely, a period always ends the sentence. It's like, nope, that's it. That's it. I shine, I rock. I love right. that though, because God did to you what he did to me. Because at first it was women overcoming the unhealed with necessity and determination. But right. then he said the same thing to me. It's everybody. It's right. men and women. And if you can heal the man and the woman, you can heal the whole family. Right. Right. You can heal the whole family. So now it's we're overcoming the yes. unhealed with necessity and determination. Care creating an avenue to recover everything. Yes. But see, that's the God that we serve. The God that we serve wants you to recover it all. He don't want to leave no crumbs on the table and no crumbs to be right. left on the table. When he's right. giving you what you have lost, he's recovering it all. And not only recovering it all, but he's giving you more. Yes. So yes. what you would have had is nothing compared to what you will have. Mm. Ooh, my goodness. Don't don't make me want to get up and run because I know when he recover it all for me. Woo! Yes. <laughs> yes. It's that it's that serious. And that's why I try to tell people like God restored the years for me. He restored my years. I have this picture that I put up and um it's a picture of me from four years ago. I looked older then than I do now. God is restoring the years. Come on. That Come is on. crazy. Listen, when I tell people how old I am, they like that. There's no way. <laughs> right. There's right. 52. Exactly. You like that girl. Is that melanin? Yes. That's all him. All yes. him. Yes. But you know what? If you want to, I can leave you here and let you give your testimony. I just want to slide out the way because I think it's important that you just take center stage. And if I have any questions after you finish, then we'll just get into it. But I'm okay. going to let you have the floor because I think right. that's most important right now. Okay, sounds good. Um, so where do I begin? Um, well, first of all, what we're talking about today, the title of this podcast is You Are Not Your Trauma. I can definitely say that not only because I have been through it, but I have also overcame it, right? And so if I don't leave you with anything else today, I want to leave you with this. You are not your trauma. You are what you overcome. So back in... I would say 2009, um, I had my first child. And so I probably a few months after that, or, you know, some sometime after that, I started experiencing, um, you know, the, the depression that comes after we have children, right? And so that's where it started. That's where it started. And that was about 13, 14 years ago. From there, I experienced, I went from having that that depression to severe depression, to anxiety, to being diagnosed with bipolar disorder, to being diagnosed with and start having 
suicidal thoughts, which led to suicide attempts. And so in the midst of that as well, I also dealt with unhealed emotional and generational trauma. I was also dealing with a lot of physical pain and ailments that I have been dealing uh, with in my body for a long time. And so one thing about trauma is that it can start out as emotional, right? And a lot of emotional trauma is a generational. It's a generational thing. Why? Because we are not healing in our current generation. So we're having more children and more children and we're passing because we aren't healing, because we aren't getting the full deliverance that we need. We're passing that trauma onto our children, onto our grandchildren and so on and so forth, right? But depending on the level of trauma that you receive, it can manifest in your body, right? And when it manifests in your body, it manifests in a very negative fashion, right? So I dealt with a few, you know, medical issues when I was young, but it wasn't until I was about 18, I actually had a small stroke. It was my seventh semester of, of high school. And um, like, I'm, I'm telling you, like right after a week or two after my 18th birthday, I had a small stroke. The doctors had no idea how or why. Um, about six months after that, I developed uh, nerve pain all over my body, like crippling, crippling nerve pain. And um, because of the small stroke, I did experience some paralysis on the left side of my body for a few weeks. And after that, for a long time, I hadn't regained full strength, right? So because of that and that pain, you know, I, I suffered with nerve pain for years. The doctors had no idea where it was coming from. It's not like they looked at my body and said, oh, that's arthritis, because it wasn't there at the time. Um, it wasn't like, you know, they, they did brain scans, MRIs, and there was nothing there, right? And so about three years ago, I got to the lowest. I got to my lowest. And one thing I, I tell people all the time is that you can't afford to get that low because that's when the enemy knows that he could try to sneak in and snatch you up, right? So throughout the course of the last six or seven years, I had dealt with three suicide tips. I had my last one three years ago. And at this point in my life, I felt like I was a failure. Um, pain was riddling in my body. None of the medicines were working. And I'm telling you, I have been through everything from A to Z. And when it comes to pharmacy and medications, you know, I mean, I remember at points in time, they've had me on six to 10 medications at one time. And it just wasn't for physical health, but it was also for mental health issues as well. So when I got there, um, I said, I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was going. All I could focus on is what was in front of me, which was a deep, dark room. I was in there by myself, shut in in my apartment. That that deep, dark depression where your blinds are closed. You know, no one can get in and no one can get out. You know, that was the deepest and darkest place, right? But this is the third time 
I've been here, right? And so in the course of the process, you know, I said, God, I'm sorry. And that night was the first night I had the best sleep ever in, in years, right? Because I also suffered from insomnia as well. But that next day, God gave me a dream. And that's how I went from dealing with suicide to being delivered from suicide. It's because I wanted to be delivered. It's because I wanted to be happy. It's because I wanted to have life. I wanted to see more than what I was seeing in front of me. And so when you make that choice to be healed, God is going to heal you. God is going to deliver you as well. But in order for you to continue to be delivered, you have to put in the work to stay delivered. And so um, that is a brief summation of my testimony. Um, you know, it's it's been it's been a long journey, but it was well worth it, worth the fight. I'm here. I had to keep fighting, right? I had to keep fighting. Actually, I had to learn how to fight. You know, when you think about trauma and there's, we have that fight or flight response, right? And most of my life, I've seen nothing but fighting, but it was that, that negative fighting, that toxic type fighting, right? And so what I started doing even as an adult is I started flighting. That's all I did. I didn't want to fight. So I started flighting, but it got to that point when three years ago, I said, no, I have to fight. Because this is, is bigger than me. It's bigger than you, right? And so all I know how to do is fight. But how do I fight? I fight with the word. I fight with my praying hands. I fight on my knees. I war in the spirit. That's how I fight. And because I'm fighting, still fighting, I fought. I won the battle. I have more battles that I'm going to continue to win. And I'm actually here to fulfill this mission and purpose that God has shown me. I'm here for a reason. You have an identity, Stephanie. You all have an identity. You have a purpose and you have a mission in this world, right? So, and that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to show everyone else that it is possible to not only be healed, but set free and delivered. You don't have to be trapped in your mind. You don't have to be trapped in your body. Satan is, you have no reason to be scared of Satan. Satan is supposed to be scared of you. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. When you get up and you get going, you just going to see how fearful the enemy is of you, baby. You know what I'm saying? So that is my story. That is my testimony. Um, you know, I... This, this generational trauma that we're dealing with. I want to speak about that for a second. I'm not the only one that suffered from mental illness in my family. Um, it has, there have been others in my family that dealt with it. And when you think about this generational trauma, you know, I actually had conversations with others in my family. And one thing that I even could relate to was when we're thinking about trauma, it can manifest in different ways, right? So from a mental perspective, the, the trauma I experienced from mentally was so bad that it was torment. It was torment. 
having those dreams so bad where you have to plead the blood of Jesus just to wake you up. Fighting demons in your sleep. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you waking up and you having scratches over all over your body, breaking out in sweat, tears. You have no idea what's going on. That that paralyzing fear and, and sleep paralysis that you have because the enemy is trying to keep you bound, trying to keep you in that fear. That physical trauma that you can experience when you're dealing with all of these health issues, the pain that's riddled in your body. I I had pain so bad, you know, they ended up diagnosing me with fibromyalgia, but um and I later found osteoarthritis in my back, but I went from just not using anything to using a cane to using a walker, ended up being in a wheelchair, right? Um, that trauma, like I said before, manifests into your body. And first, it will always manifest into your nervous system, right? And your nervous system is one of the biggest parts and has to play the biggest parts in your body, right? And so you have to make sure that that stays intact when it doesn't stay intact you're not able to fully function properly right and so like i said also to that emotional trauma um our family's fighting the division happened in our family um and so we have to take an initiative to start by healing us first right I always say that the biggest gift that I've given to my children is healing me because now I won't pass that on to them. And even my 14 year old, she's recovering from some things, but because I've healed and God showed me how to heal, I'm healing her too. Wow. Let me tell you, your whole testimony is awesome. Because the one thing that we always see, and I did take like a couple of notes here because I was really thinking about it. Like the first thing is how Satan messes with you with depression. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to the next phase. Then it goes to anxiety. Then they start diagnosing you with bipolar disorder. And then you end up on all of these medications that you ain't got no business on. And then right. this medication work against that medication, mm -hmm. which means now they got to give you another medication. Right. Right. And the attacks on your body, that right there in itself, Satan is something else. Yeah. He's something yeah. else. But we even more. Right. Right. You know, and so let's talk about the family dynamics of the mental health stuff. Right. Looking at like when you were growing up, did you ever see anybody, you know, act out mentally or did you see anybody with any of these disturbances or anything that you could even remember? No. I didn't see it. And one reason why is because our community doesn't talk about it, number one. We don't sweeping it under it. the rug. And and I might here to get down anybody or chastise anyone, but unfortunately, we are told to just pray about things as if we're just supposed to sweep it under the rug. And right. yes, we do have to pray about it, right? But number one, if you don't understand that 
you're going through what you're going through because the enemy's trying to keep you from who you're supposed to be and where you're going. You're not going to understand that you can't just pray about it. You got to war in the spirit about it. You got to fight for that, right? That's right. And so we have to acknowledge that it's there. We have to acknowledge that it exists. That does not mean you're submitting to the enemy. That, that, that does not mean that you're not going to want to be healed, right? But you acknowledging that it's there is saying, okay, I actually have a problem. Okay, now you go to God about it and say, God, what do I do? What do I do? And so it's covered up. It's covered up. Right. I saw other things that manifested from that mental illness that people were experiencing. But you know what? It's so weird that you, not weird that you would say that, but it's the fact that especially like way back in the day, they never acknowledged any of that stuff. And it's taboo to talk about going to a therapist. Right. You know, right. and it's like, and like you said, you pray about everything, but there is a reason why God allowed these people to go to school to get this training to help us. And sometimes right. it's things that we have to recognize that has been sitting there. Cause like you said, you didn't even realize like the generational traumas, the right. emotional stuff. It's mm -hmm. like, if my family is not healed and all these generational curses are falling off on me, it's mm -hmm. my responsibility to stop it in its tracks before it gets to my children. Right, right. Someone has to stop it. Right. It's like, you know, and I ask people, are you the one that's designed to save your family? Right. Right. And that's why you're the one that's designed to save your family. God right. didn't allow you to go through that for nothing. Exactly. And, and exactly. you think about it. The blueprint that God created for you, for me, mm -hmm. each one of us have a different blueprint, right? Right. And because we have a different blueprint, we're designed to go through certain things to get to that next level or that next step that's on that blueprint. Right. And God right. has to allow things to happen. Right. But he did say that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He's not going to leave us right there. Listen, right. I know you got to right. go through this, but I'm right here with you. But I need you to get strong through this. Right. I need you to be tormented by the mm. spirit so you'll know that they are real and you know what you mm. got to fight against. And because yes. they are real, I need you to know how to war in the spirit against these. Yes. That goes back to Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. God knows the plan. He has the plan for your life. <laughs> like you said, he has the blueprint. You're, yeah, you're going through what you're going through for a reason. You have yeah. to, like you said, you have to get up and say, I'm going to be the one to stop this. I'm going to be the one that's going to get up and fight. And that's why even with all the things that I've been through, I, I got up and I said, I'm going to fight. But I'm going to fight right. the right way, right? I'm going mm -hmm. to fight the right way. God already knew what I was going to do when I was in my mother's womb. That's he it. already knew what I was going to do. You know what I'm saying? All I had to do was get through it and see the other side of it. And I'm telling you, the only way that you're going to know the plans that God has for your life is by having an intimate, personal relationship with God because he can reveal your, he will reveal your identity to you. Yep. 
Because I'm right. telling you, and, and, and the funny part is, it's like if you actually could see the end already, mm. <laughs> a lot of that stuff. <laughs> I'd be like, oh no, I passed. I'm good. I don't right. really like right. I look at like I look at both of our lives. We've been through so so much mm. in our lives that we know that the destiny and what's on our lives is great. Right. We know that as evidenced by all of this stuff that happened last week when we were supposed to record. Yeah, yeah. And I told you, I said, it's going to be an impromptu. We're going to do it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I bet you Satan was all falling all off the chair somewhere like, boom, 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 boom. They, oh, they're getting together. Listen, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 That's why I said, see, we, we be going through this stuff, right? And I was telling someone the other day, you know, the dreams that you're having, you know, the enemy, number one, the enemy is trying to scare you or two, God is trying to warn you, but there is not supposed to be any fear in that. Why? God has not given us the spirit of fear. He has not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. When I took my power back and realized what was going on, ooh, let me tell you my something. Goodness. I tell people all the time, uh, you know, Satan's scared of me. The enemy is scared of me, boo-boo. Scared of me. Right. Listen, and you know the first thing that he says, this heifer is up. Did she get up? Man, I don't even know what to do with her. I got to give you this testimony. Okay. Mm. I was being um, tormented myself. Mm -hmm. Not in my dreams. In the natural Right. And a lot of people don't believe in demons, but that made me know for sure that they were real. Mm -hmm. And they tried to literally take my mind. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, I wasn't even deep in my word. I believed in God and I wanted the things that God had for me. Mm -hmm. But I have but a couple of good scriptures that I could even remember. Mm -hmm. Even when when he said to me, where is your God now? That one. Mm -hmm. He said that he would never leave me nor forsake me. If I had to say that 50,000 times, at least I am giving God's word right back. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And guess what? I trust it. I have faith in it. I'm standing on it. And that's it. Right. We have to stay. We have to stay focused. We have to be obedient. Mm -hmm. But to get through all of that, just like you getting through all of that. Right. to get to the next thing right right it's like for all of that stuff the stressors the emotional the physical all of that stuff piles up on your body and makes you sick right right it makes you sick like all of the extra stuff that happens when you don't know how to fight right right yeah when you allow, you know, certain things to just happen. Right. I can't believe that you said you had a stroke at such an early age, though. That's how you know. And I say this to people all the time. The stronger the attack that you have on you, the bigger your mission and purpose is in life. Mm -hmm. I get hit early. And I, I experienced things before then, but by the time I was 18, the enemy was like, uh-uh, nope, let me go ahead and stop it. Because I, I can go back and tell you that there were points that if I had done things a little bit differently, I would have known who I was back then. And I'm 39 years old now, right? 
So, mm-hmm. you know, just like you said, you know, see, if you don't get through it, if you don't choose to fight, you will never know how strong you actually really are. Yeah. You would never know how powerful you actually really are and why the enemy was getting at you as hard as the enemy was coming for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And but remember, he don't mess with people that's comfortable with his presence. Mm. Mm. That's a whole word right there. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. Don't mess with people <laughs> that's comfortable with his presence. Ooh. Think about all of the generational demons, okay? Think about that. All of them lesions of demons that's on this certain side of the family the father's side or whatever you gotta all of these different demons that you wondering why if i take a drink i could be an alcoholic like in two seconds flat right Mm -hmm. even if your mother and father is not an alcoholic somebody down the lineage was an alcoholic and you're trying to figure out why me Mm -hmm. right right and this is why i tell people you know what makes you healed is not the fact that it goes away because it may never go away it's how you control it you're the one that controls your thoughts feelings and emotions i literally just told someone yesterday you can't afford to drink like that you can't afford to do this you can't afford to do that because your calling, your mission, your purpose is so much higher and so much greater than you giving in to that alcohol. Understand that, you know, people drink and smoke for leisure, right? And, you know, I don't judge anybody. God's the ultimate judge, right? But what makes it a problem, and, and, and this is how demons manifest, is when you allow those spirits to come into you and control you and take over you and make you do things that you wouldn't normally do, right? Or make you scared and fearful. And so even with mental illness, right? I saw something the other day and, you know, there is a stigma about about that too. You know, some people make it seem like they're having mental illness as a demon. Mental illness is not the demon. It's the negative energy and toxicity that causes somebody to act out when they're struggling with mental illness. That's the demon. It's the negative energy behind it. It's the toxicity behind it. And so, like you said, you know, if we don't go back to generations, I had to go back. I had to go back. And I don't have a lot of information about my family history. Not only did I had to go back, I had to tackle both sides. I had to tackle my father's side and my my mother's side. Because there was different demons on each side, but all the demons were coming for me, honey. They were all coming for me. And so, you know, I I can honestly say I'm probably the only one of of my sisters that dealt with all the issues that I've dealt with. And so that alone, I was like, you know, you know, my God, but you know, that that's it. That's (laughs) it. And that only means that you're the curse breaker. You're the curse breaker. Listen. You know, when you when somebody give you prophetic word and every prophetic word sounds like the same prophetic word pretty much. And this person don't know that person and don't know that person. And you get these prophetic words and you got to believe it. But when you get these prophetic words, what do you do with them? A lot of people don't know what to do with them. All they know is they got itching ears and they want to hear something. Right. Right. But you have to do something to get there. Mm hmm. 
You have mm-hmm. to do something to get there. You got to. Right. Right. Because how do we become and a prophet comes to you and tells you, this is who you are. But where am I now? And God, what do I need to be doing next to get there to the next level? Or what it is, what is it that you'll have me to do? Am I focusing in the wrong direction? And, and God, if, if I'm the generational curse breaker, you're going to have to show me what I need to do. Right. You're going to have right. to show me what I need to do. And whose side need to be tackled? How am I tackling these? Because they are, are, are just coming. They just mm-hmm. coming. And it's bad. You know, mm-hmm. it's bad when you grow up. Okay. This, oh, boom. This came out. This, my daughter is coming out of me now. She'd be like, boom. <laughs> so what really happens when you grow up? in a Baptist church and you still don't have a clue as to who God is and how real he is. Can you testify to that? Let me tell you something. I grew up in a hostel. (laughs) Oh, so you you had hand up already. See, I didn't have that opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) You had hand up. (laughs) But this is the thing. Ooh, Holy Spirit, I didn't know we were going in this direction, but okay. we're going, we're going. He put it on me. We're going there. We're going. Especially with Pentecostal, you know, we were always told what women could not do. Oh, women can't speak in front of the church. Women can't prophesy. Oh, we're supposed to be in the back and you know, in, in the pews or whatnot. We're supposed to be sitting here listening to the men, you know. Um and they're supposed to have all the knowledge and leading us and guiding us and, and all that good stuff, you know. Mm. <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit, help me. We there's too much emphasis on the actual building of the church. Too much emphasis. Mm-hmm. What we need to be taught, regardless of your religion, regardless of your background, regardless of whether you came from is that you will not get anywhere spiritually if you don't have a personal and intimate relationship with God. I'm gonna give you a prime example. For years, I was constantly going to the prophets, the ministers, after they would prophesy to me or or pray for me or whatever and say, hey, I need direction, I need guidance, you know? And come to find out, it's not that they couldn't do it, but they may not have been qualified to speak to me on that level. Mm. When I think about everything that I'm doing right now, there is no one else like me. There is no one else out here that's doing what I'm doing. And I'm just at the beginning of this, right? They did not have the skills or the knowledge to be able to speak to me and elevate me in that manner, right? But if I was taught to not focus on the building of the church and focus on the church that's right here. That, that's yeah, it. I would have came into my identity sooner. I would have come to know who I was and God was actually trying to show me the whole time. Everybody else that you're going and asking to pray for you, that's you, baby. That's you. You're the one that has the power to do that. You're the one that has the power to break chains. You're the one that has the power to cast these demons out. You're the one that has the power to heal, set free, and deliver. Because I live in you. 
I gave you that power and authority. Hey, and we got all the same power that he has. He I'm left it to you. us. He gave it to us. That same power. Right. So that it's like, okay, power. like I said, I, I might hear the chest guys and call down, you know, anything or anybody, but we have to place more emphasis on building the relationship that's inside of you. It says in Genesis, we are God, we were made in God's image. We were made yes. in God's image. So like you said, everything that God has that power and that authority, we have too, and we have it here on earth. But you will not know that unless you have that personal and intimate relationship with God. And yes, we can still go to church. Yes, we can, but I'm telling you, we could actually put and, and, and actually enforce some very strong movements within yes. the church, within these organizations, if we all tap into that power fully. That's right. Yeah. But it's like, I, it took me a minute, okay? Because you know, when you're younger, you lead a church, you know, mm -hmm. sometime, I don't know if you did or not, but mm -hmm. I did, you know, as a teenager, I left the church, decided to do my own little thing or whatever, because I was grown. Anyway, um, but I still didn't truly know God, didn't even know how real mm -hmm. he is, because it was like a task. It was something that we do. We go to church. We do church. Mm -hmm. we, we got to go to, uh, to, to Bible study. We got to go to this. We got to go to that. But right. there's no true emphasis on his reality no true emphasis on the reality right because it's routine it's just routine and that's the bad part of it because somebody like me that decided that i want to know god did not come until in my 20s when i heard him say jump and I'll catch you. Mm -hmm. So of course mm -hmm. I'm looking around like who the heck said that? Right. But because he's in here. Mm -hmm. Jump and I'll catch you. You know what I'm saying? It's coming yes. in and out of me. Jump yes. and I'll catch you. Right. And right. so I jumped. Right. And he caught me. Yes. And I had a little bitty scar from Ooh. the cat. You see that little bitty scar? Oh, yeah. I jumped out of a car going 45 mm. miles an hour and mm. landed on a bed of glass that was a bus shelter that mm. was broken. But when God says he'll catch you, he means he will catch you. Mm. Understand me. Mm. Jump and I'll catch you. And I'm going to tell you to put a, put the icing on the cake for this. If I didn't know that God was real then, and I said, oh, I need some confirmation from that, right? Mm -hmm. I end up going to a church after that because of everything that was going on. I end up going to a church, a Pentecostal church. Mm -hmm. And the pastor, I had to come up for prayer because I was going through domestic violence at the time. And I was mm -hmm. all beat up. Right. And I go to the front of the church for prayer. And he says verbatim, 
do you remember when God said to jump and he'll catch you? Girl, I could have fell mm. out on the floor. You understand mm. me? I'm mm. like, oh no. Yes. Oh no, he real. He real. Yes. He real. This guy don't know nothing about. He don't know mm. me. Right. He don't. And right. He, he says, do you remember when God says to jump and he'll catch you? Mm. He's asking you today to turn your life around. I want you to step on that bottom step and God says to jump and he'll catch you. Right. When I jumped, you know, a little step able about that high. It ain't that high. Right. But when I right. jumped off of that step, it felt like I was jumping off the top of a building. Mm. I don't know how to explain it. Mm. But it's those things that you remember like it was yesterday. Mm. Now I had to give that one because I, I'm like, if I didn't mm. know, if I didn't know, oh my God. But you're mm. right. And mm -hmm. I, I it made that your story made me remember about my first suicide attempt. Um it was actually, I think, at the end of 2013, 2012. And the enemy led me out into the woods. I'm not from North Carolina. I'm actually from DC. I've been down here for a long time, but the enemy led me into the woods. I had no idea where I was. And I called five people because my spirit knew something was wrong. I didn't, but my spirit knew. I called five people. One person I left a pin drop for, turned my phone off, walked down the road, started cutting my wrist. I was cutting so deep, I was aiming for a, uh, a artery. Now, I'm not in the medical field. I've been in medical IT. I had no idea what I was going for, but the enemy knew, right? Yeah. The enemy was trying to end me. Yeah, and this you have was to go deeper to get time, in there. Mm -hmm. Right? I was cutting so deep. Do you know, I did not feel any pain while I was cutting myself. I couldn't feel anything. And I tell people all the time, it, it was like I was in a trance. It was like I was in a trance. And even with all the f people that I called, guess who saved me? Guess who snapped me out of that trance? God and God alone. Mm -hmm. You will, if you never pursue that personal, intimate relationship with God, you will never know that you could touch the hem of his garment and be healed. I did it through prayer and meditation. I literally touched the hem of Jesus' garment because I asked, because I wanted it, right? And I, this is why I tell people like this thing about this mental health is so much bigger than what we realize. It's, it's a spiritual battle too, because yeah. everything that I have grown into has actually enhanced my spiritual gift. That's right. And from there, God will give you, like God gave me the, all the holistic um, things to use. I use all of these herbs and supplements instead of medication. I've been off of medications for two years now. I'm this actually at the lowest weight out of the past 10 years I've ever been. And I'm holding that weight. And for us women, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, you know? it is. Yep. I've had a that's size it. four. I ain't been a size four since I was in my 20s. 
early 20s. You know what I'm saying? I don't remember ever hitting a size four, so I ain't going to tell that one. I'd be lying if I said it now, but but to God be the glory. Yes, yes, yes. Especially it's, when it's he gives period. you that wisdom and knowledge. Right. He that lacks wisdom. Mm-hmm. He got to ask. And he right. gives it to you. He don't care who you are. You ask for wisdom, yes. he gonna give you some wisdom. Yes. yes this ma'am. is really good. I tell you, <laughs> I am so enjoying our conversation. There's so many things yes. that we could talk about, but you know, right. woo, even like in relationships, um, a lot of times I've found um, that most people end up having mental issues because of relationships. Stemming from relationships, the depression, the person that's supposed to so-called love you the most, take you Mm. through the most, you know? Ooh, Dr. Wendy, um, I feel like it got to a point when I started healing and I realized, you know, sometimes people will make you be, make it out that you're the villain, that you're the problem. And I realized the problem was never me. I had issues, but the problem was not me. And unfortunately, when you get in these relationships, especially when you're having these intimate encounters, you can take on other people's demons. So you're not only fighting your generational demons, you're fighting somebody else's demons from their own family. You're like, oh my God, what did I sign up for? You know what I'm saying? So yes. And then, and guess what? Then they demons is worse than the ones that you already had. (laughs) Come through, come through. I'm gonna tell you something. I never dealt with suicidal thoughts until I got, until I got married. And I mm. said, what in the world? I'm divorced now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it, yes, you're right. It's serious. But you know what? One thing that I hear a lot of people saying is, I need to find myself. I need to find myself. When I was younger, I was trying to figure out what in the world do you need to find when people say, I got to find myself. Well, what you looking for? You know, what are you looking for? You need to find yourself. Right. Yeah, you do need to find yourself. Right. Especially when you don't know who you are. Right. Because we're, we're raised in a society that's too busy showing us what we're supposed to look like, who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. Black women had no business putting perms in their hair. I don't care what nobody said. If you do it, you do it. Hey, I did it for a while. But I'm telling you, that stuff is not conditioned for us, even down to the food. If you think about, and, and even how I healed on that note too, God showed me all the food that I couldn't eat. The more I started purifying my body, the more I realized the stuff I'm intaking in my body, I'm not supposed to be intaking. And that comes from like an ancestral point from our DNA. There are things in this world, like they've got us sitting here looking, thinking we're supposed to look like this next top model, skinny as I don't know what. And, you know, yeah, I'm small, but I'm I'm healthy. You know, even when I was bigger, I was bigger, but there were points I was bigger and I was healthy. 
but there was a point when I got too big and I was too and I was unhealthy, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I've adopted Romans 12 too. I stand by it. Why? I'm not supposed to follow the patterns of this world. Y'all sit here trying to tell me how I'm supposed to be. That is not who I am. And when I come yes. to find out who I am, I came into knowing God for myself and he gave me my identity. That was nothing like what people told me I was. Right. That, especially not what this world is telling us, right? Exactly. So we're not teaching. We got to start teaching that. We got to start teaching each other, even our kids at a young teaching age. Teaching the kids. Yes. Hey, baby, I know you want to grow up to be a police officer. That's cool. You know, cool and gravy. But let's let me find out who you really are. I take the time to actually really investigate my kids. I watch them. I'm very observant. And I am helping them to build on the skills that I see and the talents that they have. If they right. choose to go another route, that's fine. But one day they're going to come back to good old mama and say, mama, this ain't working for me. Okay, baby, let's go back to square one. I know this about you. I know that about you. Exactly. And one thing about my kids, they know how much I love God. They know how much I go to the forefront. My six-year-old would come pray with me on my hands and knees right beside me, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's important too. My 14 year old has gotten to a point where she wanted to know God for herself. She didn't even want me to teach her. She'll read the Bible for herself. I gave her another book where it gives her like a guide on reading too, right? Right. So yeah, what you said is so important, but we got to teach each other that. Listen, you know, um, I was looking at something earlier and it struck my interest. Um, it was showing a pastor that was praying for this this little girl and he was laying hands on her. But he said, the Lord has showed him that Satan had been talking to her, telling her that she needs to have a girlfriend. And, and that's the thing. I don't dislike people. I love people like God love them. But this is the gayest society I've ever seen. Like this is the gayest I've ever seen. But it's it's just the fact, the mere fact, and this ain't no shade, no tea on nobody, but this is just the mere fact of what's what's here. Mm-hmm. Is Satan is catching them early. And he's planting the seed. And he, if he say it enough, they'll believe that that's true. And he whispered in the little girl's ear and asked her, was that true? And she said, yes. And because he's going for the ones that are least likely, the ones that may not be really attractive or anything like that, and telling them those lies. And so he laid hands on her. The demon came out, laid hands on the mother. Her demons came out. And the first thing that they said is Satan will not attack your kids in a certain way unless he's already attacked the mother in Mm -hmm. that same way. I said, wow, it was so deep. It was just deep. This thing is deep. I'm going to get a little transparent for a moment. I didn't see we were going this route too, but okay. Um, my daughter at her 12th birthday, 
told me, mom, I want a sex change. My daughter's 14 now and 12 years old. She said she even looked up on TikTok and found a doctor that's going to be able to do it and this and that. I was driving when she told me this. I cannot explain to you how I felt at that moment. Did I have thoughts like that in the past? I've had thoughts of loving and wanting to be with women in the past. Yes, I did. I never went as far as wanting a sex change, though. And so when she told me that, I said, oh, no. Oh, no. This is a problem. Because I can understand if you're confused about your sexuality. My daughter has been through some things, you know? And so I had to pray to get those demons up out of her. I had to pray to get some demons up out of me, you know? That stuff, man, for me, what God, this revelation that God gave me, you know, I don't judge anyone either. I don't. Like I said, God is the ultimate judge. But what I see with some people that struggle with that, they just don't know who they are. And when you grow up in environments, for instance, I grew up in a very masculine environment, nothing but masculine energy. I grew up to be super hyper independent because we had no village established, right? Right, right. That manifests from a trauma response. So when you have a imbalance in your masculine and feminine energy, that's when people can have those type of problems too. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, when I realized that my daughter was going through that, I paid attention to some other stuff too. And that demon that showed up was the spirit of control. That's Mm. what it was. I had to get get it up out. I had to get it up out and I had to get it out of me too. And it took a while. Oh my God, it took a long time, but I got it out. And when I see it come back, I snatch it right back out. Right away. If you do not tackle it, and do the work, the healing work to stay delivered, like they say, right? You get rid of one and then they come back as a whole legion of them, right? A whole legion. Right. And as, so as that, what was it like Steve Austin, bigger, stronger, faster? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important for people to come into their identity. Yeah, it's important that when God tells you to leave people or leave them alone and don't deal with these people or don't be in a relationship with this person or it's time to to shut it down you better listen you better listen you I better listen yesterday and that, here we go with the soul ties <laughs> oh ooh, soul ties the soul ties oh jesus yeah <laughs> you know and, and it's funny soul ties you be with somebody and you know this person ain't no good for you, but you've been in a sexual relationship with them and then you're not together, but everything in you is calling for them. It's like their demons are calling for you. That's exactly what it is. And their demons is doing this. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, their demons are calling. Mm -hmm. Their demons are calling. And that goes back to what we're talking about. If you don't heal that trauma, you manifest demons. You got to go back and heal that trauma. Yeah. Hey, Miss Yolanda. Yeah, you're going to go back and you, yes, you're going to deal with that stuff, but you got to go back and heal that trauma. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to manifest demons. 
they be like, oh, you mess around and get stuck. Because listen, this is one thing that I know for sure. That if we sit up here and go back into that soul tie, and it has to be some healing in that soul tie, you continue in that soul tie, knowing that your destiny is calling you, knowing that God has purpose on your life, knowing mm -hmm. that he said, uh-uh, not that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've got you got what you needed from this because I allowed you to stay in this for a certain period of time because there's something that I needed you to get out of this. Now yes. it's time to cut ties. And once yes. I get you to that point and I'm telling you that this is what we got to do. Now, I didn't got you right here. So now we on to the next thing. Right. right. Forget those things that are behind. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to start taking accountability for your actions, boo-boo, especially when God tell you you have no business being with somebody. Why? You need to take, and this is what I mean by taking accountability, right? You actually saying, why am I here? Why am I in this relationship with this person? Even though, yeah, they might be making me feel good physically, I'm, I'm miserable in every other shape or form, right? I'm depressed, stressed, and I'm going to tell you something. You know, the Black women and how we glow up after a relationship, the stuff is real, you know, why are we dealing with all this depression and stuff while we with this person, but they making us feel good physically. That is a trauma response, boo-boo. That's something you gotta go back and fix. I had to do that. I told That's someone true. probably a year ago, I said, I used to do nothing but resort to men to make me feel good because I didn't get that emotion that I should have gotten even when I was a child, right? I had an emotional unavailable parent and that was the only one that I had, right? But all I, I thought seeking comfort was through sex. I thought seeking comfort was laying in the bed in the arms of somebody. No, 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 that's not it. Mm -hmm. Especially when them other demons come for you, baby, that's not it. You gotta go back and heal that. And if you don't cut that tie first, that is a form of bondage. That's yeah. bondage. Look, and not only that, digging down deep after going from relationship to relationship to relationship, then we go to this point where we say, I need to find myself. Not only do I need to find myself, I need to love myself. I mm -hmm. need to heal the brokenness, heal the heart. Like you said, find out what where was the the breach mm -hmm. what what happened back here to even make me this way mm -hmm. that made me feel like it was okay to take somebody's crap right right you know like i was telling you earlier black women we don't get enough credit we don't get enough support not at all we are shown how strong or like emphasize how strong we are but that does not mean that we are capable, nor are we supposed to be dealing with all that stuff by ourselves. And that That's goes right. back to generational too. I even saw a lady on TikTok that was talking about how black women used to respond to slave masters when they were coming for their children. They would actually say, no, my son isn't this great. No, my son is this, no, my son is that, like putting their son down so that the slave master wouldn't take her child. Back then it was a form of protection. But if you don't understand that and you keep the trend going, oh, now you're saying it from a different perspective, right? 
But right. you also have to understand that we have been put up in a society where they have done nothing but keep us down, right? And every That's time right. we got back up, they brought us back down again. Right every time we down. come back up, they brought us back down again. And right now, we're at a time and generation where God is using the women. He's raising the women up to the go. Deborahs, the Estas, all yes. of them. They all he's are rising. Right. He's put he's putting the prophecy in us, the words, the spirit, the power. He's putting it all in us so we can go back and get our men. We got yep. to. We gotta fight. We're not gonna have to fight much longer. Yep. That's so true. Yeah, we do. Oh, my goodness. This has been so good. Yolanda, listen. <laughs> huh. Yes, yes, my dear. Yes, yes, yes. Ooh, Jesus. Raising them up. Yeah. I should invite you in on this conversation, Yolanda. Are you available to come in on this conversation? Yeah. I was telling my therapist the other day how... Um, I'm coming out of high functioning mode. Mm -hmm. us, us as black women, we're high functioning. We're high functioning because we got to get it done. And I told her I'm coming out of high. She said no. I'm coming out of. I'm coming out of high functioning mode. And sometimes I'm like, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and, oh and guess what? I'm in rest mode. I'm resting. This right. is my rest period. Right. Um, what does rest mean for someone that is um, forever doing something? As my sister say, you don't know how to sit out. <laughs> I slept till 12 o'clock yesterday, I have you to know. So I know my sister gonna go back and look at this, but Pat, I'm telling you, I slept till 12 yesterday. You will be proud of me. I stayed in bed. <laughs> and that's but, a beautiful thing. And we yeah. learn to rest, but it's not just about physical rest. It's about resting in God. It's about resting in Him yeah. and knowing that. Because some women, I'm not gonna say this for all, but I know that this applies to me. When we're dealing with anxiety on such extreme levels, this is all we're doing. This is all we're constantly. Doing. We're just going and going. But the and, more and, you're going, and doing stuff and doing mm -hmm. stuff to cover up stuff, so you don't have to deal with stuff. Yes. <laughs> and, and what happens is that see that manifests into a demon too but when it manifests into that demon that demon has you running running to the point where you're like on such high adrenaline you don't even realize how tired you are until you're delivered from it and you're like oh my god this is that that, that sleep for days type stuff you know yeah. how do i know because it happened to me you know <laughs> crash and burn here right. crash and burn we love you too, Yolanda. Love you, yes. <laughs> Listen, I'm just telling you, it's that whole crash and burn. I mean, all of this is just anybody that catch this on the replay. <laughs> I pray that it reach you wherever you are, that you're able to, to see the reality of this thing called life. Mm -hmm. And life does keep life, in, but we got to keep pushing and we got to keep Christ first and foremost in our lives that's what we have to do yes we have yes. nothing we have nothing else but that's more than enough yes 
to have. I am going to slide out of the way and let you give some final um, suggestions and and final quotes or, or advice to different people to help them to get through this mental illness or get to their happy place in God. Yes. So what I would like to say in conclusion is that number one, you are not crazy. You are not crazy. What you're dealing with is real. I'm here to validate your feelings, thoughts, and emotions today. What you're going through is real. Now you have to make the decision. Do you want to be happy? Do you want to know who you are? Do you want to know who God is for real? Do you want to see the love, joy, peace, and happiness that actually is on the other side of this, right? My personal goal is to change the stigma of mental health. I'm going to make such a huge turnaround in it that my mission is to eliminate the mental health crisis. Because unfortunately, mental health is always going to be at the forefront. It's always going to be an issue, right? But if you decide today that you want to make and you make that choice that you want healing, that you want deliverance, that you want happiness, reach out to us. My website is ishineperiod.com. Very soon, I'm going to be offering a support group for women that deal with depression and anxiety, where we could come together and vent and talk to one another. Let these things out. Let them go. Let's let's work together to heal. Let's let's heal this generational trauma. Let's have these conversations, right? So that we can help each other and the next generations, right? There are ways to stabilize your mental health. There are herbs and supplements that you can take that can take the place of all those medications that you're on. I'm saying it because it's done. There are herbs out here that can kill cancer. There are herbs and supplements that can help you with your anxiety. If you take enough vitamin D3, that'll help you with your depression too. You would never imagine that you actually might need that in your body, right? And so between that, learning how to pray, I mean, really pray and understand that when you go to God in prayer, it does not require a certain posture. It does not require a certain position. When you war in the spirit, That requires a certain posture and position. But when you're praying, you're just talking to God. You're just communicating to God. And understand that you can just go to God and just let it all go and say, God, I give it all to you. But you got to give it to him first before this process starts. And then understand, it may get harder before it gets better. It will get harder before it gets better. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it for you. But at the same time, it is possible to heal. It is possible to have a better life through prayer, meditation. Meditation alone is a very 
very great thing to get into. Another thing that helps you as far as mental health, you need that peace in your mind. Whatever it is that you have to do to get that peace. If you have to remove people, places, and things to get that peace, you do that. If you have to meditate to get that peace, you do that. If you have to go somewhere and talk to God, you get that peace, right? Stay in the word. Stay in the word of God because that will give you peace of mind as well. God will give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. It is real. It does exist. And I'm telling you, like I said, it's it, it's going to get harder. It is going to get harder. But know that you have those in the community that's here to support you. And so if you need help, if you need direction, if you even need a little more help than what I could give you, I have resources and people and organizations that I'm in touch with that I know that I can send you to. Okay? Let's work together to heal. Let's work together to change this stigma. Let's work together to actually be happy because peace does exist. And like I said before, you are not your trauma. You are what you overcome. Girl, listen. Should have had you to just do my whole commercial for me. You are not your trauma. Woo! You are what you have overcome. My goodness, we have let it all out today. We are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. We have to always remember that. And I'm so thankful that you accepted the invitation to be on the show today. Yes. You are awesome. I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that God allowed you to, well, the Holy Spirit showed up. And I'm not going to say showed out. Like they say, showed up and showed out. No, <laughs> he, he, he increased and we decreased and we allowed him to Did do what he right. needed to do. Right. And that was right. that. So I thank you guys for joining in today on You Are Not Your Trauma with Miss Stephanie Hall as my fabulous guest today. Remember that you are not your trauma. We love you and we'll see you later. Thank you.